Cool. So Will and I were just chatting about and have been talking a lot about recently this idea of what would grocery look like if it was being built from the ground up today? So what would, in a kind of internet first, delivery first world, what would be some of the ways that you would, that grocery would look differently than having supermarkets and having uh, kind of a massive supply chain? What does that look like and, and what would be the implications of that? So I'm curious, Will, when you think through that world, what does that world look like? And what does that, what does that feel like in a best kind of first principles kind of way? The best way that I think about this is just what doesn't make sense. What feels like, I love the Richard Dawkins talks about one of the ways we know evolution is real is if you look at a giraffe, there's a nerve that goes from one side of the brain all the way down the neck and up the other side, which is really dumb. If the giraffe was just created, you would just have the nerve go one end to the other. But it was like that way because slowly over time, obviously the neck grew and it stretched out this nerve unnecessarily. And to me, there's tons of that in how we interact with grocery today. We do ridiculous things now because that's how they evolved. But now we're at this new world where it doesn't make sense to do those things anymore. The biggest example I can think of is Instacart sending a shopper to go shop the shelves for you. So we are paying a distribution center to collect food, paying for that food to get to a retail storefront, putting that food out on display, and then having a different picker go and pick up the items from a retail storefront and put them into a cart and then bring them to you. It's twice the effort for something that should natively be just one. And I know there's a lot of companies working on that idea that there should be digital native grocery that has no retail storefront and their stores are more optimized just for picking and delivery. And I think that makes sense. I think that's a perfect example of what I think of as retail as distribution is dying that we have less of a need now to deal with retail from a logit from a logistics perspective of I need these things so I'm going to go to the store and get them because now you can order what you need on Amazon it'll show up pretty quickly all of those stores like department stores shoe stores uh, especially things that you don't need on demand they used to exist because they had a distribution and logistics advantage no longer do so there's no reason to go to uh, Best Buy anymore. You just order your computer online. Yeah, I think we were walking in Atlanta about a month and a half ago, and you mentioned two phrases I really love, which was retail as logistics, which is this idea that do we need, do we truly need a supermarket in delivery first world? I think we do because of consumer behavior, but I think if you, that consumer behavior didn't exist, I don't know if we need that. And then I thought you, I think you said retail as experience where I'm going to go to a brewery or I'm going to go to a restaurant or I'm going to go to the Peloton store, bad example, maybe to experience the treadmill. And I think those are, that's a good way of looking at the world. I think as it relates to local food, the real question then becomes what is a local food vendor's aspiration in the traditional world, in a kind of a retail focused world. And then what is their aspiration in a world where perhaps they can go direct to consumer? Um, I'll answer first and then I'm curious your thoughts. I think in a non-delivery first world, because who, how am I going to deliver my lettuces every week? 
How am I going to deliver my nut milk? How am I going to execute this? How am I going to get the density I need? People are going to expect it all. Like people need food at different times. So what do I do? I actually hope that a specialty store, maybe I get booze at a, at a local farmer's market. Perhaps I can sell into an aggregator and they'll distribute my food for me. Um, but I think the, the best case scenario is I want to get on a shelf. Right. I'm hoping that I can get on a shelf. And I think that's still, there's a ton of validity to getting on a shelf today. Right. But there's also a lot of efficiency and control over the brand that gets lost. If you, you know, have Cisco or UNFI or, you know, take Royal in Atlanta distributing your food, those are all good distributors. But why can't you have that direct relationship with the customer? And if you talk to a lot of local brands, they do farmers markets almost as brand building and distribution, but a lot of times as brand building. And I think what we've seen in the last two to four years is this evolution. You mentioned this earlier. We're not sure if this stat is hundred percent true. There are about 130,000 contract and delivery folks across the country. Layer in delivery service providers like DoorDash, Caviar, um, Uber Eats, and you're looking at a, at a massive network to handle last mile with APIs to allow us to do that, right? So now the dream direct distribution to my customers becomes a reality. And on top of that, like I, I am of the opinion, I think obviously this is a, a biased opinion that retailers, in this case, local food retailers, local flower shops, most people who buy from them, they don't need it in 12 minutes. Maybe in New York, there's an expectation of immediacy. There always was when I lived there, but I think specifically in non, non-walking cities, a place like Atlanta or LA, it's very reasonable to ask somebody to order on Thursday for delivery on Friday or Saturday. Uh, and I think traditionally the other barrier besides distribution has been, well, how am I going to facilitate this operationally? And in terms of the digital storefront product that we're offering, I think we really do that nicely, right? That this kind of business model where I can have a local food business or a local flower shop or a local wine shop, I can batch all my orders, really build like a subscription-like revenue stream, really feel good about that product and that model. Now it's operationally possible because there's software that kind of services that need. And so that's kind of my take on, on rethinking a delivery first world and the opportunity in my mind is like, Hey, you're, you're a retailer. People might still come into your store, but you need to find a way to get food to their doorstep. You need to find a way to get product to their doorstep and you can avoid having to fight the fight of paying to have your product listed on Whole Foods uh, shelf. I think there's two, two core ideas that you mentioned that I agree with. First, retail as experience versus logistics. That's just something I'm like, I'm post-COVID, all of this. I'm like, in-person is huge and is going to, it's already coming back. It's going to be back. People want in-person experiences. So re, I don't think retail is dying. I think retail is probably the most exciting time to be in retail ever because there's all these cool experiences popping up that you can do where it's brand discovery or product discovery or just cool experiences. But retail has logistics of being a giant department store and you had a distribution advantage because you owned the only plot of land that was convenient to everybody to shop at and you had shelves that you filled. And that was the only way for brand A to sell to their customer. Those days are over because that brand has tons of ways to sell to their customer now, not just through you. And then second, back to the giraffe example, having you send your local product to a distribution warehouse to then get sent back to a store and then have your customer drive to that store and pick it up and drive back home. 
is a massive roundabout way, like the nerve in the giraffe, to just get the good from you to your customer. And we're seeing tons of different takes on how that should be done. But if you completely eliminated grocery today and it came back naturally, with all of the tools we have now, I think we would see way more direct vendor to customer, skipping the ship to distribution center, ship to store, drive to store, shop shelves, pick it up. It's just insanely inefficient if you think about it. Yeah. And I think what's really cool to me is the inefficiency trickles down the supply chain, which is something that I've been fascinated with in food for a long time. It's like the food supply chain has 500 nodes, right? From like seed to to plate, no matter how much you shake it, there's just a lot of weight in the supply chain. So anytime you can start to think about, well, I'm going to cut the efficiency and we cut the inefficiency of a supply chain and make it more efficient, more direct. That to me starts to get like a really interesting opportunity ultimately for the vendor. The last thing, and, and I agree this, I, this is a really great question of just what does first principles grocery look like? The recent thought exercise that we've had is like the, the on-demand stuff, I don't think matters at all to the degree that people think it does in grocery. Obviously, if you're ordering a pizza, you want it to show up hot and right now. But in fact, I'd venture to say if the groceries aren't already in your cabinet, it's too late. It's if you're looking around of what should we cook, whether you drive to the store or pay someone to show up within 30 minutes, it's like too late. You might as well just get on-demand food that's already cooked for you at that point. Most people can put their grocery order 80% on full autopilot. There's no reason you couldn't predict three months from now what groceries you want in the house. So that's just another interesting, I think, miss right now in the market of people are so focused on grocery speed. And there are definite skews that speed matters for, but I think for the bulk of groceries, speed actually doesn't matter at all. And people would rather drive an hour to Costco to get a better price and bulk up because they know that their grocery demand is very predictable and they know what they're going to want next week and next month. Why can't you order groceries on a subscription for the next four months? We all relatively eat the same thing. If, you know, I think this is kind of the essence of a CSA, but it get, I think CSAs get harder because they take a lot of work to get creative. I think in essence, like if you tell... I know Hungry Roots attempting to, to tackle this in some respects is cool. I think some ways it fails. But if you say, here are all my preferences, send me food every week, put it on my doorstep, it's possible. I think that there's a world where most people would want that. I think that was like the early success of Blue Apron and Plated, which have faded a little bit, was like, I don't have to think about what to cook. It's just there. It basically is my grocery subscription. I think those models have, have waned a little bit for a lot of different reasons, but in essence, that's, I think people are looking for that, especially in my demo of late thirties, kids, busy, tired, but I can get across the board, anyone who's living, working and cooking themselves food, that's something that would, that takes the burden off. So at 9 a.m. you're not like, oh shit, I'm out of eggs. We need to do an Instacart or we need to run to the store. So that was, I think that was really it for, for me today. I just wanted to, we want to do a quick one, hit that topic, start doing these more consistently. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Good chat. Yeah, that was great.